morning, everyone. How are we going? Yeah. Um, let's gauge where we are this morning quickly, all right? If you're a 10, meaning it's an amazing morning, it's the best morning you've had in a long time, why don't you chuck up your hands? Zero is going to be the horriblest morning of your life, okay? So 10, nines, eights, 10, oh, sevens, six, fives, fours, threes, twos, ones. All right, lovely. So we're all here. We all have different stories of how we got here, where we're here. But this morning, I want to encourage you is this. I hope that this morning you're encouraged around how you speak and how you talk to God and Jesus. That's my main, that's, that's it. Okay. Um, found this amazing little chapter in the Bible that's kind of, I don't know about you, but I skip over a lot of parts of the Bible, but I found this little chapter in the Bible that's an absolute perler, a ripper. All right, it's about as good as the Socceroos this morning, okay? It is an absolute beautiful little chapter, and I hope it encourages you in the fact that God wants to hear from you. He doesn't always want to hear um, what you think he wants to hear. He doesn't want to hear the echo of what somebody else has said to you, to him. He wants you. He wants to hear from you, and he will speak to you. And so I want to encourage you around that. No matter where you are, if you're a 10, a 0, a 7, a 6, a 5, a 4, a 3, a 2, or 1, God wants to hear from you, no matter what your day. So why don't we open up in prayer? Lord Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for all you are. Jesus, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. Father, you left here so the Holy Spirit could come and minister to us. Minister to us, Father. I pray that you stir that within us this morning. I pray that it, it reveals... It shines, it encourages, and it points us towards who Jesus is, not only in our lives, but what he's doing in the lives around us. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, Amen. 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 So, before I get on to this ripper of a chapter, which is in the middle of your Bible, can anyone guess what, chap- uh, what uh, book that would be? If it's in the middle, you open up your Bible. Psalms, very good. Psalms, Psalms with a P. Okay, so before I get to this amazing chapter in the Bible, um, has there ever, I don't know if about you, but there's particular moments in life where I know I prayed harder than I've never prayed, ever prayed before, yeah? Like there's been moments in, the, moments in life where I've been like, oh my God, please, here we go, come on. And it's usually during a little time of tribulation, testing a valley, you know, or whatever you want to call it. So next week on Friday, Steph and I celebrate our fifth year wedding anniversary which is amazing. Now, we're excited about that, you know. I've already got people my age already uh, looking at second marriages, but, you know, we're pretty pumped to be on the first, and we'll stay the first. But, look, <laughs> hey, it happens these days, doesn't it? So, you, some of you have probably heard this story, some of you may have not. So, I'll share, I don't think I've ever shared this from my perspective. So, when we, Steph and I got married, we decided, let's not do the big thing over here. Let's, um, not elope, but uh, let's uh, go over, get married, Bali on a beach in a beautiful tropical place. Let's do that. It will be cheap because, you know, wogs and cash, blood from a stone. So we thought, oh, let's go over. Let's get married over in Bali. It'll be beautiful. Guest list might be a bit shorter than we want, you know. (laughs) A real talk. And that's the title of my um, message today is Real Talk with ASEF, which I'll get to in a second. But we decided to go get married in Bali. Beautiful. Everything's paid, luxury, you know, lovely over there. Luxury for a good price, okay. The reason I like to go to Bali is because it's the only place I'm rich enough to tip, 
okay? I can't go anywhere else and I can tip. So we decided to go get married in Bali. Um, and about a week before we were, so a week before we were due to get married, um, the volcano went off in Bali. So luckily for us, half our wedding party, and it was mostly just all church people, which is awesome, were already over there. But Steph and I, Lou and Denise, my parents, all my side, so all my mates, my best mates, my best man, everybody else was still over here, and the volcano went off. And I don't want to harp too long on this story, but it was a, mate, it was a stressful time. I think that's when I started getting grey hairs, okay? <laughs> it, it, it was so stressful that we booked tickets in a matter of half an hour's, you know, half an hour, it's a matter of hours. We booked tickets, we went straight to the airport. We thought we'll just get as close as we can to Bali as we can. So we flew to Singapore. From Singapore, we didn't know what to do. So we're booking flights. We're talking to different types of church connections over there, trying to get, hook us up to get into Bali in a roundabout way. We went to Singapore to Surabaya, no, Jakarta. Then from Jakarta, we flew to Surabaya where the plane was delayed. And that was the moment where I started having real talks with God. Being like, mate, what's going on? I thought this was us. You know, look after us. Then from Surabaya, we caught a flight. Um, we caught a taxi, a six to seven hour taxi to the border of Jakarta or Indonesia, that island. And then we had to catch a ferry across to Bali. And that ferry was delayed because they would only drop you off once they had enough people on the other side to justify dropping people off and picking people up. Then it was another eight and eight hour trip over down to our wedding destination. We arrived two days before we were meant to get married. You can clap there, but it's okay. You know. <laughs> 46, 46 hour journey, 46 hour journey. And there were so many times on that thing, I thought we did pretty good, I don't think we fought that much, but inside, like there was inner turmoil going, I'm more of a, I internalize things. And like, I was having real conversations with God then. Like I was having just proper, I'm miffed, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was having the conversation with him saying, mate, what is happening? Like, what's going on here? And I stumbled across recently, actually not a while ago, this chapter in the Bible, Psalm 73. And I want to, this is going to be a bit of reading here, but I hope you can read this through the lens of our society today, okay? Through the lens of our society today, whether it's how we're connected to each other through technology, whether it's how we're influenced through different things, whether it's how we compare, contrast ourselves against the world. I hope you can read this through the, that lens. And remember, this is an ancient text written by a man called Asaph. Now, Asaph was um, one of David's three head worshippers, okay? And he wrote this psalm, and it's an absolute, I get a lot of insight from it, because I watched what I call the roller coaster happen. He starts down here, and he just goes down very hard. He says what's on his heart, and then you watch him. There's a pivotal point in this scripture where he changes direction. And I want to see if you can find it. So if we can go from Psalm 73, I'm going to read off the back. So Psalm 73, this is called a Psalm of Asaph. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I nearly lost my foothold. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. I think about sometimes when that, I think about, I don't know, my age group, we like a lot of time on Facebook, Instagram, or look where they are, look where they are, the comparison game. I envied, and I'm not necessarily calling the people you look at wicked, but I envy, it causes wickedness within me. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They had no struggles. 
their bodies are healthy and strong. You ever watched an Instagram post where they build a pool in three minutes? You know, and you're like, what? and Steph sends it to me saying, we should do this at home. I'm looking at it going, oh my goodness, this is going to, I want to slip my disc in my back or something if this happens. They are free from common human burdens. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace, and they clothe themselves in violence. For the calloused hearts comes iniquity. Their evil imaginations have no limits. They scoff and speak with malice. With arrogance, they threaten oppression. Their mouths, they lay claim to heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, people turn to them and drink up in abundance what they're putting out. They say, how would God know? Does the Most High know anything? This is what the wicked are like. Always free of care, they go amassing wealth. Surely in vain I kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence. All day long I've been afflicted and every morning brings new punishments. If I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all of this, I was troubled deeply till I entered, entered the sanctuary and understood their final destiny, a pivot. Mark that. If that's in your Bible, if you're reading that, mark that. Anguish, doesn't understand. There's an inner, dis, you know, a dis, dis, you know, it's not working inside. It's, he doesn't quite understand until I enter the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. Go to the next verse. Surely you place them on slippery ground and you cast them down to ruin. How suddenly they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. They are like a dream when one awakes. When you arise, Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet I am always with you and you hold me in your right hand. You guide me with your counsel and afterwards you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire but besides you. My flesh and my heart may fall, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You will destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge, and I will tell of your deeds that was a big, that was a chapter. Okay, so you've done your chapter for the week. But what a journey of emotion this worshiper had. He was one of the head worshippers of Israel. There's three of them, and Asaph was one of them. And it is an absolute amazing little, I, I read it and I see myself a lot in that. I see my constant daily, hourly, weekly, monthly, yearly struggle. And this has been put in the ancient text in the middle of the Bible, this struggle. And we can track it. We can track it as he confesses where he is. His faith is tested. But then it's renewed. And it's built. And he speaks in strength. It's an amazing little thing. And I would like to really this morning talk about three things. That was a prayer to God. That was, that was a worshipper talking and having a real conversation with God and he didn't leave any stone unturned. God, they have what I want. Why don't I have it? 
I'm out here, my, I'm struggling. I can't do it. I feel crumbled. I feel broken. Nothing's working for me, and they're prospering. Mate, look no further than your own phone device that's in front of you that gives you what you want to hear. Now, as I said, I'm not a Luddite, a Truglodite, or whatever that you want to call me. I'm, all I'm saying is, you know, you've got algorithms set to feed you what, set to feed you what you want to feel, what you want to hear, what you wish to be, because you become a product. Now, there's beauty in systems, routines, and really how we work. I'm not, I'm not dismaying that, but I'm, I'm saying to you, track yourself and track where those emotions come from and talk to God about it. God, I see this person. I see this person. I see this family. I see this, um, this I don't know whatever, fitness guru, I don't care. I see they have everything and they're showing me everything and I want it. Why are they getting it? I know what they're like when I meet them. I know what they're like. (laughs) But you're still blessing them? How is that possible? Have those real conversations with God. There's nothing wrong with saying that to God. Can I put that to you? There's nothing wrong with expressing who you are to God. Because we talked, we heard from Louis yesterday. Well, does he, he will look at you and he'll say to you, um, Hey, Jesus, I know you, God, I know you. But he says, did I ever know you? How can you hide? As soon as you choose to hide and only speak to God about the, the, what are only the good things that are happening and happening, and then you leave the rest, you sit on it, you internalize it, and it'll come out somewhere different. It might come out somewhere in the way you... <clears throat> it might come out in what might tie your hands in worship. Let me give you an example. I really struggle sometimes in worship to keep my head straight and listen to God at a moment because I'm thinking about all of a sudden, you ever had this? Your week where you failed slips into your mind and you're like, ah, come on. And so it inhibits you, it ties your hands. When God says, I I know, I know, speak it to me. Repent to me. What, you think you can't repent in worship? This is a worship leader of Israel, and he's speaking real to God. Oh, I could have slipped. I could have done this. But the beautiful thing is he has real talk. He's real. He's specific about it, what he's speaking about. He's specific about his troubles. Jesus was specific in his prayers. God, take this cup from me. You know, it, it, there's all these things that are specific. Be specific. There's no point of being unreal. There's no point. Because otherwise, you're using the mask, and God's going to come up, and one day, when you're in the sanctuary, you can't hide the mask. This is God, the creator of all things. And he's saying, are you being real? And I've got to look at myself and repent and say, God, no, I haven't. I've put on my mask. I haven't, I haven't confessed to you what, where my heart's really at. I've given you something that is fake. I've given you something that's fake. My worship has been fake. My praise has been fake. Hey, it's okay to have that conversation with God. Father, mate, this year, it's not, it's not, it's not been okay. My worship has been fake. My praise has been fake. I think that's a good starting point. 
until you enter the sanctuary where you see God is and you pivot and you see it's not about me it's not about what I've done but it's about who God is it's about who God is there's a pivot there's a pivot because real talk is great real talk is it has the ability in the prayer meeting we had real talk we even talked about Paul one of the most prolific writers in the Bible prolific men of God who like to use language that someone, some of us would say would be a bit uh, well, you'd err on the side of caution if I was to utter some of the things Paul said up here in the pulpit not that I'm going to you know <laughs> but if we, it's all good to be real with God okay but he's not your punching bag either does that make sense? He's the God of all creation. He is the King of all kings, Alpha and Omega. He was there. He breathed life into dirt. He gave you the gift. He stepped out of the cosmos, came down here and put on flesh and blood and then was pinned to a cross for, out of love for you. He's not your punching bag, but he needs, you need to speak real to him. Because otherwise, if you don't, you, you just, you're going to go around in circles. You're going to go around in circles and wonder why I can't get breakthroughs. It's because you haven't been real. It's because you haven't been real. Because once you're real, it unchains you. It puts you into the light like we've been hearing these last couple of weeks. It puts you into the light. And the beautiful thing is, if I can go to verse 23, 28, when you get there, Annika, the beautiful thing is, at that pivotal point where it says, till I entered the sanctuary, I received an eternal perspective. I saw the destinies, if we keep going on until we get to, till I enter the sanctuary, on that verse, it says, till I entered the sanctuary and I saw their final destinies of the wicked, an eternal perspective was given. There was real talk, there was truth, there was acknowledgement, and then there was a change of perspectives, an eternal perspective. Now, that eternal perspective that, that's, it's a hard one. It's a hard pill to swallow. I don't know about you, it's a hard pill to swallow because some loved ones who you know, who are in your life, you kind of look at their final destinations and you might be getting a bit worried. But as you move down, as you move down in the verses, you also see a God who once you're in his hand, he you can't be removed. Once you're in his hand, he can't be removed. Once you, God has you, he's not letting go. He's not letting go. So be real with that, with that struggle. Maybe it's somebody in your family, someone who, who you've been praying for for a long time, but then you just haven't seen that breakthrough. You haven't seen it. You've shared it in every different way. You've shown them every single perspective, but they're still caught up in what's being sold to them from the outside, external things, but not sold on what God's told them and who they are. They've tied their value to their earthly merit. They've tied their value to what their boss says, how worthful they are. Well, you're a good worker. You can do nine to five. You're great. They praise, they crave the praise of merit from outside. They crave merit according to emotions i'm going to chase what makes me feel good success will make me feel good i'm going to chase a picture of perceived success because that makes me feel good that gives me merit that gives me likes that gives me comments that gives me love that gives me other people to envy me they chase merit of earthly things but the thing is god says i've seen their final destinations 
I've seen their final destinations. I've seen their final destinations. I've seen them. And it's washed away. Just like God can hover over the water and separate land from sky, earth from water, wash it away. But God says, be real. Find me, and I'm going to get this to this in a second, find me in the sanctuary. Get that eternal perspective. And worship and praise will flow. Worship and praise will flow. It's an amazing thing. I just wanted to highlight this in regards to earthly merit. And for me, this really sticks. I tie, and I got everybody um, to go zero to 10. How are you feeling this morning? 10 being, you know, I'm A-OK, zero being, oh, mate, not too good. Um, <laughs> but sometimes we tie our value of who we are according to the emotions of the season we're in. Does that make sense? So that means that when I'm talking seasons, I'm not talking winter, spring, summer. I'm talking about seasons in regard to... Um, seasons in regard to... I haven't made a sale at work in six months. Um, seasons in regard to... My marriage hasn't been working that well for the past six years. Um, seasons in regards to... Um, um, oh my goodness, I cannot do... Everything I do at work is gold. I'm getting promotions. The girl I love started to talk to me. It's happening. And then you tie that value according to your season. Now, the beautiful thing about seasons is they don't stay the same. And that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. Because it pulls in and it creates an amazing picture of life. And that picture is an adventure. And adventures aren't full of lows and highs. I don't know about you. I don't want to watch a movie where it's just happy, happy, happy all the time. I can't do that. I want an adventure. I want something where I start somewhere. I see a bit of struggle and I want to push through. I want to go through here until the end, until I enter eternity, you know, and I see my final destination, being with God. So don't be scared of a season. Don't be scared, but don't tie your value according to your season. We've heard about this throughout. Your value is not tied to a season. Your value is not tied to what you're feeling. Your value is tied to the creator who created you, who purposed you, who built you up, who saved you, who died on the cross for you. That's who decides your value. That's who decides your value. Your boss doesn't decide your value. Your parents, oh God, I hope they valued you, but some of them may not have, but they don't decide your value fully either. God decides your value. You are worth creating. You are worth creating. You. I think that's amazing. But I want to come back quickly to this idea of a sanctuary. The point of pivot. The point of changing of direction. The moment where this worshipper, who for all points and things had been saying, I'm, I'm climbing up here when it's not worth it. Where are you, God? What are you doing? Till I entered the sanctuary. Now, Asaph, amazing man. And I love, I love him for this chapter. I find it so encouraging. I find it confronting and encouraging. <laughs> confronting and encouraging. When he speaks of the sanctuary, he's talking about where God is. Now, Old Testament God was found in a place. I think it's pretty understandable one with the temple, the Ark of the Covenant, um, all these different things it was found in a place. But 
when Jesus came to earth, a sanctuary, a cornerstone came to earth and replaced the place with a person. And that person was Jesus. And that person sacrificed, God incarnate, sacrificed, played real prayers, felt real things, felt real seasons, felt real understanding of the human condition, died on the cross for you so that no matter what you do, you cannot be separated from God's right hand. No matter what you do, He will hold you if you believe faithfully in who He is and you accept that eternal perspective that what is here on earth will not last forever, but what in heaven will be eternal. And that's where your true value is. And Jesus came down and then He left. He left for a reason, but to leave the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus, man incarnate, as God incarnate, He was restricted by only His body. But by Him leaving, He enabled, He enacted, He um, released the Holy Spirit, which had the ability to be within each one of you those who choose he has the ability to make sanctuary in you you've got a chance this morning to come to the sanctuary some of you maybe had really big breakthroughs last week and for the first time and Louis said your Monday to Saturday is going to be tough but the Holy Spirit remains with you Monday to Saturday we come together, common purpose, common idea, common will to praise and worship God here and be fed. But the Holy Spirit, the sanctuary is still within you. Jesus is not far, He's there. I was slipping. I was an ignorant beast. I envied the wicked that they were prospering until I entered the sanctuary. My eyes were peeled and I could see it for what it is. I could see that, intern, that eternal perspective. See, Asaph was living Old Testament, we're now living in Jesus, New Testament, post-covenant, new covenant, with grace and truth and the Spirit. And I want to really speak to that. And then at the end, he marks it beautifully. And then I will tell of your deeds. A testimony. So he starts off being really real, really harsh. He doesn't left any stone unturned. He hits a pivot and he says, till I entered the sanctuary, I get an eternal perspective. And then he rises from that perspective. Like the adventure of life, he rises from that perspective, from that into that eternal perspective. And he says, and I will tell of your deeds. Your ability to navigate your seasons, your ability to not be swayed, to stand firm in the faith. That's your testimony. And if you're lucky enough, you'll even have amazing testimonies. Like Steph and I were celebrating five, five years of marriage. Mate, we'd been trying for kids for the last two years. The last time we went to the uh, fertility specialist, they said IVF's the next shot. Three weeks later, we're pregnant. You know? It's not us, it's God. An eternal perspective. God chose to create you he chose to create a little one in Steph's belly maybe there's little ones out there still now like God God chose to create that an eternal perspective don't tie your value to your season tie it to God because God won't let go he's the right hand that won't let go like a dad or a mum holding your child across the road they're not going to let go 
you might be struggling to get to the sidewalks. You're not going to let go. People who are out there and you have young people who may have fallen away from God, God's still got their right hand. Don't underestimate that. Keep praying. Keep being real with God. Be, you can be angry at God. You can be angry. Look, God, I don't understand. Frustration. Remember, He's not your punching bag, but you can express yourself to God. There's no point not expressing yourself. Otherwise, you're just putting on the mask that you think other people want to see. But God wants to see you. God wants to see you. Asaph, a worshipper, part of the tribe of Levites, came up there, wrote a little blurb. I imagine that would have been a diary entry. Maybe it had a bit of music in the background. And we're about to sing if I can ask for the band to come up. And he wrote this like he lifted the lid <laughs> yeah I, I don't know if any of you have been married for like i'm still newly married i still cast five years as newly and sometimes you get scared to lift the lid of your crazy you know you go you know you don't really want to know what's going on under my head you know um but asaph just lifted the lid and said god i don't understand it looks like everybody else has got it sorted and this is coming in stark contrast to what you said. I'm not understanding. I'm not understanding. I'm not understanding. And God says, come to the sanctuary. Come to Jesus. Come to the Holy Spirit. Get eternal perspective. I'll give you a testimony. Get eternal perspective and I'll give you a testimony. We're going to stand now. We're going to sing a song. And I want to encourage you. I'm not going to call you to the front. You can have a moment where you are. Have a real talk with God for a moment. You might have a sanctuary already in you. You might have invited the Holy Spirit into your heart before. You've never, not, you might have invited the Holy Spirit to manifest in you before and Jesus is your Savior. But I want to encourage you, if you've not done that this morning, have a talk with God. However you say His name. If you're yelling it internally, yell it internally. If you're frustrated, be frustrated. Doesn't matter the tone. What, you think God's going to be surprised by your tone? No. He's God, the all-creator, the all-knowing. He knows how many hairs are on your head. You don't even know how many hairs are on your head. He knows. He knows. He saw the things you may have forgotten. Maybe past trauma in the past that you've forgotten, you've buried, and you thought, I cannot even understand that. He's seen it. Be real with God. Come to the sanctuary. Get an eternal perspective and get a testimony. Take your testimony. Because you'll see, you'll see change said change not only your life but in people around you lord father i thank you for all you are jesus i pray for each and every person here this morning i pray that they have a real talk they have a real talk with you they express tell because at the center of it is truth it's truth accompanied with grace which is what the only place we find truth accompanied with grace, pure truth with pure grace is in the person of Jesus, the sanctuary of Jesus, the refuge of Jesus. And Father, I pray this morning that chains are broken in regards to people feeling devalued because of what other people have said, feeling like their merits are tied up in something that will not last. Father, I pray you break down those walls and are given eternal perspective. May the Holy Spirit unchain people to be able to walk in you from season to season and enjoy and love the adventure of life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.